David Graham is a speaker, author, businessman, former pastor, and founding director of Youth with a Mission Montana. He is also the author of the song, In Moments Like These. This song appropriately describes this podcast, which is a short, biblically-based, and encouraging devotional influenced by David's lifetime of personal moments. These moments are shared with a heart to encourage and inspire you to see Him, our Heavenly Father, at work in your own moments. I know this is David's heart in sharing because he has spent my lifetime speaking hope and encouragement into my own heart. If you would, take a few minutes and listen today. I am really proud of the things that he has done throughout his life, but what I am most proud of and grateful for is for the kind of dad, daddy, he has been to me. To follow up my last episode, and before I share another personal story, I want to start this week by returning to the scriptures, because I believe this verse is one of the most important in the entire Bible. I want to repeat what Apostle John said in his gospel, beginning in chapter 1, verse 10. He says, To all who receive Jesus, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born, not of natural descent, but, and here it is a second time, children born of God. Note, John doesn't use the words Christians or followers of Christ to describe believers. No, he uses the words children born of God to describe all believers. And why does John use those words? because he had heard Jesus use those words. For example, just two chapters later, John tells us what he heard Jesus say to Nicodemus, a high-ranking member of the Jewish council. Nicodemus initiates the conversation, and then, seemingly out of context, Jesus brings up the topic of birth. Once more, please listen to this with new ears. John 3.3, Jesus says to Nicodemus, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again, born a second time. Nicodemus responds, how can a man be born when he is old? Surely he can't enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answers, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and of the spirit. Jesus is making reference both to human birth, the word water here, I believe, is referring to the water of a mother's womb, and then there must be a spiritual birth. This double meaning is further supported by what he says next. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Jesus said we need to be born a second time. God's Spirit giving new birth to our spirits. And what's the real significance of this? Being born again means becoming a new and different significant child. A child that is validated forever under the loving care of the ultimate parent, Father God. It's so sad to me because I've met so many born-again people 
that can see themselves as Christians but can't see themselves as children born of God. Let's see what other New Testament writers say about these children born of God. First from Paul in Romans 8, 14-18, he says, Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, remember that line, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, which is the Greek word for Daddy. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Have you ever understood this profound truth? Have you ever been told that if you are reborn as defined by Jesus, you have received the spirit of sonship? The spirit of sonship or the spirit of daughtership is in you, in you. And the spirit of sonship brings with it new significance, well-being, and purpose in our everyday lives. That means full-on peace and contentment. In this world of chaos we're living in, doesn't full-on peace and contentment seem like a refreshing alternative? Another fascinating thing about this revealing information is that it's conveyed by Paul, a former militant Pharisee, a persecutor of Christians, and the man who prided himself in observing every relationally distant letter of the law. Here is this character, fresh out of camp bullyism, introducing the entire Greek and Hebrew world to the word daddy. The man who had people killed for speaking in intimate terms concerning God is now the first to introduce us to daddy as an appropriate way to address God. Is this strange or what? Although ironic, it's no accident that God chose Paul to deliver the name Daddy. Paul, much like Nicodemus, was a perfect model of how the father wants to set his children free from the bondage of religiosity and release them into the intimate dynamic of relationship. He set a Pharisee free, and he sets us free through the spirit of sonship. Take a quick look with me at a few more verses from Paul and from his fellow apostles that also address the subject of the children born of God. 2 Corinthians 6.18, Paul quotes a prophecy from 2 Samuel chapter 7. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Galatians 3.26 and 4.7, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. 1 Peter chapter 1. Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. As obedient children, don't conform to evil desires, 
since you call on a Father, for you have been born again. 1 John 3, 1 How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. 1 John 5, 19 We know that we are children of God. To conclude our scripture search, I'd like to end with the words of Jesus found in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, starting at verse 13. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Now listen to this. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and he blessed them. Now, what does the Father want from us in response to his love and the gift of son and daughtership? It's very simple, really. He just wants us to become like children once again. Not in the same degree of immaturity as a child, but in the same degree of dependency of a child. He wants us to move into the safety of his arms and just let him be our father in a relationship where we can experience true peace and contentment again. I'll never forget the time when my son Jeff was still learning to articulate his words. Actually, it wasn't long after the time of the socks story I told a few episodes ago. This particular event took place on a day when Kathy was very sick. For several days, Kathy had grown steadily more ill. Her fever continued to climb, and her pain became more intense. It was getting to the point of becoming a serious matter. After some time, I realized I hadn't taken the time to pray over Kathy. So I did. I went into our room where she was lying in bed, sat down carefully beside her, cleared my throat, and I began to pray. It was a long prayer. I quoted scriptures. Taking bits and pieces of learning from various spiritual periods in my life, I covered every doctrinal angle I could think of. First, I prayed, Lord, if it be thy will, heal Kathy. Several phrases later, I prayed in faith, as if to say, of course it's God's will. Finally, I claimed her healing and said, Lord, heal Kathy. To be perfectly honest, I was never really sure what his will was, but I attempted to pray with as much spiritual correctness as I possibly could. When I got all done with my thorough prayer, Kathy, well, she smiled patiently and then asked, Honey, now would you take me to the hospital? I just stared at her. Some moments later, Jeff Boy came waddling into the bedroom. First he looked at me, then he looked at his mommy. Then he looked at me again and asked in his tiny little voice, Is mommy sick? I said, Yes, Jeff boy, mommy is very sick. After a thoughtful pause, I said, Jeff boy, would you like to pray for mommy? Folding my hands to add further meaning, I repeated myself again more slowly. Want to pray for mommy? Jeff looked up at me and replied, Yep. He moved toward the edge of the bed while Kathy inched painfully to the same edge to greet her little boy. I watched as my toddler son 
with carefulness and confidence, stretch out his little arm and placed his little soft palm on his mommy's hot forehead. In all my life, I will never forget his exact words. He prayed, God, bless this food. Amen. At this point, I'm just staring at my son. And then, Kathy was instantly healed. I'm, I'm not kidding. With a huge smile and sudden enthusiasm, she jumped out of bed and left the room in search of her vacuum cleaner. What? I asked myself. At the same time, I'm watching my son as he waddles straight-faced and ho-hum out of the bedroom following his mommy. Sitting there on the bed, dazed and confused, I tried to figure out what just happened. Maybe it had just taken God a little while to figure out my prayer. Maybe. But I knew better. Uh, good prayer, Jeff boy, I muttered reluctantly. I could just imagine a small gathering of angels in the room, chuckling amongst themselves over the whole incident. Dear friend, in the same way that Jeff felt safe, confident, and content at home with his mom and dad, enough to say whatever came to his trusting little mind, so our Father wants us to live feeling safe, confident, and content with Him back in His house forever. Just think about it. We haven't been given a spirit that makes us a slave again to fear. We have received an amazing gift, the spirit of sonship and daughtership. We are His children. Abba, Father, once again, we thank you for your great, great love. We are taken back. Bless this one with huge confidence, contentment, and peace today. This one is one of your beloved children. Let it be. You've been listening to In Moments Like These with David Graham. If you'd like to contact David or find out more information about In Moments Like These, please visit InMomentsLikeThese.com.